0: Welcome, listeners, into another episode of In the Fog of Justice. Morgan Violi, decades-old murder case, haunts a Kentucky community. In the beautiful rolling hills of Kentucky, there lies the mystery of an unsolved murder case that has baffled authorities for decades. Morgan Jade Violi was just seven years old when she was reported missing from her Bowling Green, Kentucky, home on July 24, 1996. Authorities said the abduction happened in broad daylight in front of her family's home in the colony apartments on Shive Lane. Morgan was playing outside with her six-year-old friend, Destiny Miller, enjoying the hot summer day. At about 12.30 p.m., the girls were walking across the parking lot when a man in a van drove up to them. The man got out and grabbed Destiny, who ran away, stopping only to see the man throw Morgan into the van's passenger seat. He drove away the last time Destiny saw her best friend. Morgan's older sister, Heather Coleman, said she heard a scream and looked to see Destiny running through the apartment buildings and thought they were playing. Witnesses immediately called the police, giving the police a description of the van and driver. No one saw his direction when he left the colony apartments. Authorities responded quickly but could not locate him. Witnesses told the police that they remembered seeing the van in the parking lot before Morgan was kidnapped, and a teenager believed she had seen the same van two days before the abduction. The driver was described as a white male in his 20s who appeared to be unshaven. Several witnesses thought they saw a second person in the van, but that has never been confirmed. According to witnesses, the man was driving a maroon-colored 1970s Chevy truck. The community was in shock. A spontaneous candlelight vigil was held at the apartments that night. Stuffed animals and yellow ribbons filled the trees outside of Morgan's apartment. Three days after the abduction, the 1978 Maroon Chevy van was found abandoned at a truck stop in Franklin, Tennessee. The location is about 80 minutes south of Bowling Green. Police confirmed the van had been stolen a day and a half before Morgan's kidnapping. After forensically testing the van, they established it was used in the abduction multiple law enforcement agencies joined in the search for Morgan. The Kentucky State Police, Bowling Green Police Department, the Warren County Sheriff's Department, and the Federal Bureau of Investigation, FBI, worked together tirelessly to ensure the little girl would be found. As night fell on the first night Morgan was gone, authorities were on edge, knowing the longer Morgan was not found, the higher chance she would be found deceased. Three months after Morgan vanished, a woman had been walking her property and saw the skeletal remains of a child. Morgan's nude body was found in a culvert behind an old barn near White House, Tennessee. The location was 40 miles south of Bowling Green and less than 15 miles from the state line. The day after Morgan went missing, a white 1979 or older Ford van was seen parked on North Swift Road near the barn in White House, Tennessee. Witnesses said the van had been parked there for nearly four hours. It had a louvered type of window on the side and had been parked less than 100 feet from where Morgan's body was eventually found. Authorities stated Morgan's skeletal remains were found in a ravine on October 20, 1996 and were positively identified using photographic superimposition. Murray Marks, a forensic pathologist at the University of Knoxville, matched a photograph of Morgan with a video of the skull and said the teeth were a perfect match. In addition, police found a yellow ponytail holder and barrette and hair samples also matched. The FBI said no evidence could help establish a cause of death, but they were confident her death was a homicide. The former police chief described Morgan's death as horrifying. It was the tragic ending everyone feared, and Morgan's murder would haunt investigators for years. In November 1996, a young Louisville man named Tony Scott Rediman was questioned by authorities about Morgan's disappearance. He looked eerily like the composite but denied having any involvement. Rediman had been arrested for kidnapping and attempted rape, and Jefferson Judge Steven Ryan set a $1 million bond. His attorney, Wallace Rogers, said that Rediman could not have found his way to Bowling Green if he tried. The FBI quickly ruled him out after questioning him. Authorities were back at square one, and time was of the essence as they knew a child killer was loose. Bowling Green Police Department and the FBI initially focused on Morgan's parents, Glenn and Stacy Violi, which is routine in an investigation of this kind. The couple had been separated for several years and coincidentally finalized their divorce on the day their daughter was abducted. Morgan's father, Glenn Violi, never attended the divorce hearing, so Stacy Violi was awarded custody of Morgan and her two sisters. Glenn was under scrutiny by investigators for two years. He failed several polygraphs, but police eventually cleared him as a suspect. I've got nothing to hide. My life is hell anyway, Glenn said in a newspaper interview. My nerves haven't been right ever since. Glenn said he failed all five FBI-administered lie detector tests, which are not admissible in court. He consulted law enforcement expert Lonnie Leach to find out why he could be failing the polygraphs. The first thing he did was give me another test, said Glenn. Stacy Violi told reporters she did not think her ex-husband had anything to do with Morgan's disappearance. Me and Glenn, our past history has been pretty rocky. But if he were going to take one, daughter, He would take all three, Stacy told the messenger inquirer. He loves the other two just as much as he does Morgan. Violi had moved to Florida to find work and to avoid the whispers and stares everywhere he went. Two years after Morgan was abducted, the FBI cleared Glenn and said he was not a suspect in his daughter's kidnapping. Well, I'll be damned, Glenn told a reporter. Two years after, After my life was ruined and I ruined my business and was forced out of town, I actually had to leave Bowling Green because they took my life from me, the FBI. Regardless of the suspicion hanging over Glenn's head, the community remained vital in supporting the family and the effort to find Morgan. Later in the investigation, a new suspect composite of a man with collar length, sandy brown hair and a slender build was released. All the witnesses told the police that the suspect had a distinct sharp nose. Authorities enlisted the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, NCMEC, to help distribute flyers of Morgan. NCMEC is a congressionally mandated clearinghouse of information for missing children. Thousands of posters with Morgan's photograph and information were distributed throughout the community and surrounding states. Detectives have visited motels, toy stores, restaurants, and rest stops where they thought the abductor may have stopped with Morgan, but no one remembered seeing them. Robertson County Sheriff's Office has Morgan listed in the Unsolved Crime section of their website, where they continue to ask the public for help. Authorities state the investigation is ongoing even though the leads have dried up. Megan's sister, Nikki Britt, describes her little sister as very flamboyant and a free-spirited child. She loved to dance. The summer Morgan disappeared, Nikki was only 10 years old, and her older sister, Heather Coleman, was 11 years old. Morgan was the youngest, so she liked to be the center of attention, Nikki told Park City Daily News. She was the baby of the family. Morgan loved to draw and would do cartwheels in the grass outside her apartment she performed a gymnastics routine for the talent show at school. On November 15, 1996, Morgan's funeral was held, and her classmates took down all the yellow ribbons they had hung in hopes Morgan would be found safe. They replaced them with purple ribbons, which was Megan's favorite color. Morgan's purple casket sat at the church, surrounded by pictures of her smiling while over 500 mourners filed by. Morgan's family asked that they not grieve, but celebrate her life. Morgan touched the hearts of everyone in her community. In the memories of those who knew her, Morgan will always be the little girl smiling and dancing in a field, like a dandelion in the warm summer wind. Thank you for tuning in to Fog of Justice. What are your thoughts on this episode?